Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ladies and gentlemen, this is terrific. This end of the thing is beginning to flake off. The top is beginning to rotate like a screw and this thing must be hollow. Fake news is not new. Something I can see turning out of that black hole, two luminous discs. The eyes, it might be a face, might be almost... But heavens, something wriggling out of the shadow like a gray snake. Now it's another one and another one and another one. On the 30th of October 1938, the radio play War of Worlds was presented as a series of simulated news bulletins describing a Martian invasion of Earth, starting in New Jersey. Eyes are black and they gleam like a serpent. The mouth is kind of V-shaped with saliva dripping from its rimless lips. It seemed to... The realistic and dramatic presentation, combined with the fact that it was presented as breaking news without clear disclaimers, led to widespread panic. The broadcast by Orson Welles and his Mercury Theatre demonstrated the power of radio in shaping public perception and raised concerns about the potential for mass hysteria through media. But that wasn't new either. Roman government manipulated information for political reasons. Emperors would exaggerate military victories or downplay defeats in official announcements to maintain an image of strength and stability. Pharaohs used to do the same. They often commissioned inscriptions and monuments that glorified their achievements and prowess. Misinformation, propaganda and sensationalism are ways to shape public opinion, control narratives or manipulate how people perceive certain events, issues or individuals. This can serve political, ideological or personal agendas. Information is power. Welcome to Euronews Tech Talks, the podcast that delves into the impact of emerging technologies on our lives. I'm your host, James Thomas, and in this episode, we wrap up our three-part series exploring the risks and potential of AI deepfake technology. It's time to get answers to the questions from our audience. Deepfakes can be used for many reasons. In our previous episodes, we were looking at examples of them being used as a tool of harassment or to process grief over the loss of our loved ones. But deepfakes can also get very political. The ongoing peace talks between Russia and Ukraine have opened the door for more viral misinformation to spread online. This is an extract from The Cube, a daily Euronews show debunking fake news circulating online. Now, This video falsely claims to show the Ukrainian president Volodymyr Zelensky. Zelensky appears to address Ukrainian citizens, telling them and encouraging them to lay down their arms and surrender to Russia. One version of the video has amassed more than 100,000 views on Twitter. But this is what is known as a deepfake video. It has been manipulated using artificial intelligence. President Zelensky never says those words. 
In the video my colleague Matthew Holroyd is talking about, Zelensky is shown waist up wearing the military green T-shirt we all recognise. This is the first deepfake that we've seen used in an uh, intentional and perhaps broad-based deceptive way in the Ukraine conflict. It's not an effective deepfake, and I think um, that's partly because it's not an extremely well-made deepfake, but it's also because the Ukrainians have done a masterful job pre-bunking and then swiftly rebutting the deepfake. So what should we know about this technology which has the enormous potential to affect our lives? Our producer, Marta, is at the Telefonica Foundation, situated on one of the busiest streets in central Madrid. Here, there's an exhibition that takes a historical journey through fake news, from the power of rumours to the emergence of technology. Until recently, seeing is believing was a basic principle, but it no longer is. Now there are deep fakes. A deepfake lab at the exhibition shows how easy it is to create them. Visitors can wear a digital mask with the faces of actor Leonardo DiCaprio or football star Lionel Messi. It's so simple and realistic to wear their faces that the result is unsettling. This visitor wants to know when countries will start regulating this technology. She says it's a bit wild right now, with people doing whatever they want, which is pretty frightening. So, when do the experts think there'll be some kind of legal limit? Countries worldwide are addressing the dangers posed by deepfake technology through a combination of legal measures, research initiatives and awareness campaigns. However, the speed at which technology is advancing makes regulation challenging. The European Union has been a pioneer in publishing a regulatory framework last June, the EU AI Act, the first regulation on artificial intelligence in the world. Let's listen to Sofia Katzenkova, Euronews Cube reporter and expert in misinformation. The AI Act, which still hasn't been finalized as of the 8th of December 2023, so it won't ban the creation or the use of deepfakes outright, but it seeks to attempt to regulate them. So that means that the creators of deepfakes will have to be transparent about whether they used uh, some sort of, you know, uh, AI generative technology to create it. I mean, it's a great first step, but we still don't know how easily enforceable it will be, especially with malicious actors operating outside of the EU. Back at the exhibition, one visitor is worried that if it's easy to create a credible deepfake, a single Instagram photo might end up complicating your life. You can already modify images with, of course, a single image. This is Patricia Thane, co-founder and CEO of Private AI, an expert in privacy-preserving natural language processing. Let's recall the case of Almendralejo. There, teenagers used an app to create fake nude images of their peers. All they needed was a photo from the girl's Instagram and 10 euros to pay for an app called Cloth Off. The result was realistic enough to upset their victims. 
So we asked the Apklothoff about their responsibility for what happened. They claimed to be mere providers and couldn't take responsibility for the use of the material created with their app. I think that argument is valid when you are a business selling to another business. And if that other business misuses your product based on your terms of use, then that other business is the one who should be liable for that misuse. But if you are the one providing the end user capabilities, there's really nowhere else in the chain that makes more sense than in monitoring when the content is being produced. Because once it's produced, it's out there. Because if something's on the internet, it could be on multiple sites. It could already be on people's compu- other people's computers. You, you can't erase that information. So it has to be before it's created. So how can we protect ourselves from being deep faked? I don't think it's our job to protect ourselves from them. I think it's the law's job to protect us from that. We shouldn't have to stop posting pictures of ourselves in order to have this not happen. That is ridiculous. What should happen is, number one, you've got legislation around these model providers being able to perhaps uh, detect automatically whether inappropriate images are being generated from the, from the input. And then second of all, the people who are doing this need to face some sort of consequence. And that is also the law's job. That is not women's job. This shouldn't be on our plate just because it's men or other mean people are doing it. Another group of visitors was wondering how much time this technology will need before it starts replacing actors or TV presenters. This is already happening. The film industry is already using deepfakes. Your Highness, the transmission we received. What is it they've sent us? Hope. To resurrect Princess Leia in the Star Wars film Rogue One, filmed after the passing of actress Carrie Fisher, demonstrating the potential of this technology to seamlessly integrate past performances into new productions. But the Hollywood Actors Union is trying to protect itself, hence the four-month-long strike that ended with a historic agreement. In the New Deal, studios need the actors' permission before they can make a digital version of them, and actors get paid based on what the digital version does in the film. Look at me, Michael Sarah licensed his face, just like Annie Murphy licensed her face to play Joan on level one, and Selma Hayek licensed her face. This is the storyline of Joan is Awful, an episode from the British dystopian series Black Mirror. I'm not playing myself. I am myself. Concerning TV presenters, there's a serious risk of creating misinformation. Graphica, a New York-based research firm, revealed a Chinese state-linked influence campaign employing AI-generated fake personas to bolster China's global image and disseminate fake news about the US since late 2022. One of the biggest risks right now is... Uh, in specifically in certain um, more autocratic countries, um, having AI presenters that spew uh, propaganda. I think that's one of the things that, um, you know, the tech community is most uh, worried about. Back at the exhibition, visitors want to know how to identify the deep fakes used to create fake news. They want to know if there are tools available for citizens to be able to recognize when we're being deceived or when images are being manipulated. We put this question to Sofia.
At the moment, the way that you could try to spot a deep fake is you could look at, for example, the mouth movements of, uh, you know, if it's a celebrity or a politician, um, are the mouth movements matching the words that are being said? Um, but, you know, sometimes the quality of the video could be very poor, so it may look like a deep fake, but it's not. Um, Invid has a great plugin that you could uh, install for free on Chrome. And that could help you detect uh, a deep fake. However, you always have to be careful with these sorts of technologies because they're not always accurate. After delving into the uses of AI deep fake technology, we still aren't sure if it can be effectively employed for benevolent purposes. I mean, the, the same technology that allows deep fakes to be created does allow for other creative things to be created. Uh, so people who have artistic ideas but maybe no artistic talent uh, might be able to express themselves better. Um, they, there's still, uh, it's still a good way to get started uh, on an idea. Uh, it, it might be a good way to get a first draft of, of a, a creative project, for example. This is Patricia Thane again. Yeah, I think it'll, it'll allow different people from different backgrounds who don't necessarily have maybe the funds to hire somebody to be able to create uh, an explainer video for them or something like that. Uh, to go go ahead and, and create a preliminary explainer video while they gather the funds uh, to to uh, go hire a marketing agency. Um, but uh, yeah, it is going to be a constant war between the people misusing technology and the people trying to do good. The key is the honesty and transparency with which the tool is used. This is Orson Welles, ladies and gentlemen, out of character to assure you that the War of the Worlds has no further significance than as the holiday offering it was intended to be. The Mercury Theatre's own radio version of dressing up in a sheet and jumping out of a bush and saying boo. That's it for our three-part series on AI deepfake technology. In the upcoming episodes, we'll delve into some of the most notorious cybercrime cases with the special mini-series Hacker Hunter Next Level. In the meantime, you can tune in to the most daring predictions from tech and business visionaries on the new Euronews podcast, My Wildest Prediction. I'm your host, James Thomas. This series is written and produced by Marta Rodriguez-Martinez. The theme music is by Leo Lebrun. Sound editing is by Naira Devlashian and sound mixing is by Mathieu Duchesne. Our editor-in-chief is Ali Isan Aydin. Special thanks to the Fundación Telefónica for letting us explore its exhibition Fake News and to the Web Summit for putting us in contact with Patricia Thane. If you aren't already, you can listen to this series on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, CastBox or wherever you get your podcasts. If you're enjoying the podcast, please consider leaving us a positive review and, of course, sharing it. Thanks for listening. Hold up. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.